Welcome to the Membership Machine Show, talking you through your membership website from initial idea all the way to finished product. Here's your host, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the Membership Machine Show. It's our first show for the new year, 2024. May I wish you a happy new year. I've got a special guest. He's a semi-regular, but... um, it's always great having Kirk on the show, and in this particular show, we're going to be talking about how do you build a successful online course that people really want to buy in 2024. It's a slightly important subject. I think we've got some great broad insights. What we're going to be doing in the first half of the show is that we're going to be discussing the key elements that you've got to understand based on our experience. And then in the second part of the show, we're going to be discussing some of the platforms that you can utilize to build uh, a membership business based on the principles that we outline in the first part of the show. I think that's reasonably logical and you should get some great value. So, Kurt, would you like to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Sure thing, Jonathan. Uh, My name is Kurt Von Annen. I own a company called Manana Nomas. I also have a podcast by the same name. Uh, our agency focuses on learning and membership websites, and I work directly with great companies like Lifter LMS and WP Tonic here. That's great. And before we go into the meat and potatoes of this great show, we've got a couple of messages from our major sponsors. We will be back in a few moments, folks. Tired of hosting providers that can't handle high traffic loads? Convesio is here to help. Our platform can handle any amount of traffic, all without slowdown or crashing. With immediate Slack support, performance optimization, and a team that thrives on resolving technical challenges, your e-commerce business is in safe hands. Learn more about Convesio at Convesio.com. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. We're coming back, folks. I also want to point out we've got a special sponsor for January, and that's Cloudways. Cloudways provides hosting, um, cloud-based hosting. Um, They're a reputable provider. Go and have a look at what they've got to offer. Um, They also, in the show notes, they off, which you will find on the WP Tonic website, they're offering a special deal and all the information will be in the show notes. Um, So let's go straight into it. Um, So I think think one of the things, Kurt, that people struggle with is that they want to offer a course for the biggest audience possible. And um, there's going to be a... a qualifier to what I say about this, because it's linked to point two. 
But apart from your initial starter course, um, which, like I say, we're going to discuss in point two, I think your main course, um, I think people, I think you want to actually interview people or you want to have an assessment process because having everybody enter your course um, can cause problems in that they're not suitable to really benefit from what you're offering. What's your own thoughts about all this? Well, you do want to, I'm trying to think of like digital marketing terms, right? People say well, you need to identify your avatar. You need to, you know, market specifically to who your target audience is. And you're right. You don't want to, you don't want to sell something on false pretenses to an audience that won't find value in the content. So you want to make sure that it is, you know, derived for a specific group of people. But then I think there's so many other layers that become part of this conversation. And that is, is my project selling a course? Like did I develop this website to sell a course or am I more focused on a series of courses and a possible membership kind of idea? And I think that opens up kind of like different layers of your approach. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Um, I want to quantify what I've just said. Uh, I think it really is dependent on the price point and the outcome. Um, I think a lot of people um, see value when they're building their course um, around volume. We provide so many lessons and so much information where it should be focused on outcome. Yep. Um, outcome. And the what benefit financially, time-wise, what outcomes do the students get from get going through the course? Now, if the course is going to help them generate tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars, that, that, because what I'm really trying to focus here, Kurt, is um, the value proposition, which should be linked to the price of the course. Yeah. Um, if it's a course that um, is being offered below $50, it can have value. It's a quick introduction. It's a quick 101, or it's just focus on a very specific outcome. But if we are talking about the higher levels, the two thousands, the five thousands, the ten thousand dollar course courses, I think when you're talking about the higher level where there's gonna be a lot more touch personalization and touch points, um either through group group counselling, coaching or one to one coaching, whether it could be either an element of physical meetup um, element to it, which you you get all these options in the higher end. Um, when, when you're talking about that level, I think having um, qualification um, check, i.e. through questionnaire, through one-to-one -one interviewing, to make sure the individual, um, because soon as it's a bit like any kind of product, project if you're building a website out as soon as you take somebody's money um you're expected that they're going to get the outcome uh and 
it can allowing the wrong people into these higher levels can be very corrosive to um, the progress of your business. Have I explained that a bit better, Kurt? Yeah, yeah. And I agree with you on that topic. If you don't have the right blend of users in your environment, um, you know, it's that bad apple in the basket thing. Um, that negativity can spread and can damage, you know, your branding, your name, your future sales, all of that. So yeah, having a way to pre-qualify people, whether through form or through a sample quiz or something like that is a, is a really good angle to go. On to the second point. So that was qualifying possible membership. And I think that that is dependent on the price point of your course, right? And the outcome that the outcome that you're offering at the of the course, you know. Um, so there are variables there, folks. So let's go to point two. You, you, uh, I want to jump in on something. I yeah, sure. I want to make sure that we describe this well enough for listeners because I think this is something that gets missed a lot, Jonathan. And and you've nailed it, but I want to make sure it's really clear. Um, when when you say the outcome, um. For instance, let's take the Power Sport Academy thing. You know, for two years, I was like, we'll raise your parts and labor data. You know, we'll raise your income. We'll do this. We'll do that. And all that time, it was basically selling on the vitamin prospect that we spoke on lots of times. And then over time, I realized that wasn't what was going to get people to want to take the course. That wasn't what was going to get, you know, my avatar to make the purchase. It really came down to, Hey, if you own a motorcycle dealership and customers are calling your cell phone to complain about your service department, I can make those phone calls stop. You know, that was the result. The result of the training was that pain point, not necessarily like, not like this lesson does this and this lesson does that. And all those benefits and features that is a lot of people that are making the purchase decision don't care about the benefits and features. They want to know what painful item are you going to take out of my life if I put people in this course? And that's, you know, really, really selling to that point, I think is what's going to help people drive more success. Yeah, I totally agree. On to validation. Um, that is down to my concept, which I, I, I totally admit, I borrowed totally from the startup community and Rob Rowling, um, he does a great podcast, which I think if you're looking to build a membership business, folks, his podcast startups for the rest of us is is aimed at startups. But I think you would get some benefit while listening because some a lot of the concepts of a startup business you can apply to building a membership website, in my opinion. And they've got this concept in the startup world, and Rob pushes it quite a bit, and I think he's correct of a minimum viable products well i think you should be looking at building a minimum viable course especially if it's your initial dive into this world and um obviously um it can't be too minimal well what i mean by that it it, it has to get a clear benefit um i think dealing with the painkiller it's easier to get um, a focus on than the vitamin myself. Um, so 
Um, so look at building a minimum viable course, not what I call a war and peace course. I think you can do that for the next course. And the benefit you get from this is um, you're more focused. Um, you'll get it out um, and get feedback. And you need those for those students, those first batch of students to come through the course so you can tweak and adjust so they do get an outcome. They do get some benefit um, because I, I am going to tell you that the bits that you think they're going to rave about, they're not. And the bits you think they're not going to rave about, they are going to um, hopefully rave about. Um, I also put this to you. I, I think this minimum viable course, you, could, you can either utilise, do some additional videos and put them on YouTube um, and then feed them. Or you can use, I, I'm a great believer um, of putting your first course on Unimi uh, and um, at a low ticket price just to get feedback. But you you can do either. Um, the Unimi thing um, is the, you're utilising their marketplace just to generate. But probably you want to do that maybe at a later stage because you, you might be better. I'm, I'll be interested in your feedback because if it's your first one, put it on Unimi, you're really, depending on the subject, and it should, you need to find your niche, um, especially if you're going to put something on Unimi, but it's going to be pushed to a large audience. So maybe you need that initial feedback and tweak it and then you can decide to utilize it on Unimi as a, a feeder into a larger course offering you can offer on the subject. Is this making sense? Or what's your own thoughts about this? Girl? No, it, it makes sense. And I think of this in terms of like lead magnets. So at first you were talking like, you know, validation, but it's got to be substantial enough to, to provide a value, right? So if you have like a white paper, a white paper is not a sample course. A white paper is a lead magnet, right? That leads someone to a sample course. Um, but then having something substantial as in a five to six lesson, you know, short course, that's a great sample. And to your point, you could put that on Udemy and then use their marketplace to drive traffic to it. And when someone gets to that last lesson, you're like, if you enjoyed this, you know, if you enjoyed this sample course, we have a full course or an expanded course or a more detailed course, you know, at this resource. And that's how you get that traffic over to your property. Or you, because they won't share their email list with you. That's the main problem. Yeah. With it. But you just got to treat it as a way of getting your name out because they've got a big audience. And if you've got a particular, you've got to look at the offerings out there. If you can find a micro niche or a niche, um, I think you're, um, at it, and it's a inexpensive start course. And at the end of it, you can offer a freebie. Go to my website, and there's a there uh, as a sign of of us rejoicing together that you're at the end of my course. Um, I'm offering you a freebie. Just go here and sign up, and you get this yeah. freebie, and then you're on there. They're on your email list, and then you can 
then introduce them to a larger course or or ask them to you know um get them to prepay for, to help you finance the course that you're building out about the yep. subject there's loads of ways of doing this i just think it's excellent what if you use you to me or you can use youtube in a similar way um um both work um and um i think but utilize that initial course to clarify that you are solving a problem and you will have to tweak the course a bit um i, I all, the businesses I've started, they've always been a, a windy river journey. Um, the yeah. things that I thought people were going to rave about, they haven't. I've dropped them and I've just learned from people and listen a bit. You should be listening very a lot to your initial students and try and get them to get, give you feedback because it's really important, folks. Answer point transformation um well that you know that your minimum viable course if you're at the start or you, let's say your next step which is your bigger course you need this is where i'm not a great believer in volume just for the sake of volume it's about do they have you that let's say you're on your second course you've done this minimum viable course then you've put it on to Unimi or you're breaking it up in your offering it as a as a lower price lead magnet or and you're utilizing some of it on YouTube to generate leads. Um that, those first batch of students and that it should be that that feedback should be utilized that your next course you're actually getting the outcomes from the people that you can't you can't guarantee anything to anybody. You know, they've got to they've got to watch the videos, they've got to do the quizzes, they've got to concentrate on what you're doing, they've got to put effort in. You know, it doesn't just happen out of magic. But if you've got a normal student and they're doing the things that are expected of them, they should get outcomes. Outcomes on about volume of the course they're about somebody thinking about it and laying out their course structure so if they follow it they're going to get some of the hopeful outcomes what what's your own views about this good i have a lot of views actually jonathan um you know i considered myself a voracious reader and i compare this idea to books and writing books I am more of a bullet point kind of communicator. I'm very direct in my communication, especially when I write. And so I'm a big fan of John Maxwell. I read a lot of John Maxwell books, but in reality, it's like there's this much that's actionable for me. And there's this much of fluff in those books because he talks about his previous experiences and his stories and his this and his that and someone like John Wooden and all these things. And then when I write and publish a book, it ends up being like this pamphlet <laughs> and I'm like, is that enough? And I have to remind myself that it is enough because the content's there, the content, the ideas, because the, the strategies are are contained. Those those books that I've written aren't books for entertainment's sake; they're there for educational sake. 
And I would, as a learner, I would rather get the information up front uh, than mixed in with a bunch of fluff. And so, you know, as you make those transformations in your site and in your offerings, you have to consider your communication style and the desired outcome and the communication style of your membership or your audience. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. It's a big ship. But do remember, um, Kurt, that, yeah, I, uh, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of fluff there, but it's, but there's also parable is powerful. You know, some of the, some of the master teachers use parables to, yeah. um, show as a, as an introduction to more detailed information. So I think, but I do understand what you, where you're coming from because there is a lot, a lot of fluff out there. Yeah. And it's not, don't add it just for the sake of volume. Like Jonathan said, make sure that there's a link, the, the value to the content or that the ideas translate or transmit well with the content. And you'll know that when you get the feedback from the students, that's why that feedback loop is so important. Yep. Um, proof. Well, it's linked to qualifying possible membership. If you're, if you're on that second course or on that third course, I know you're thinking, oh, I, I want success on the third, first course, folks. I le- Sometimes it happens, um, but it's normally uh, a gradual build-up uh, over, you know, that's why you don't want to spend too much time on the first course. No, do not spend a year building out some more on these calls, folks. Three, three, months. three months to get this first course out. And then maybe the second call six months, and maybe your big, big, high purchase price calls, you know, a bit more than six, six to eight, you know, but you should be working on it at the same time a bit as you're working on the the middle course. So, um, and then I think you would have a good spread of offerings to people at different stages of their journey, depending on your experience level. Um, I think that's a good mixture, beginner, intermediate, advanced. Uh, um, um, but unless you're doing these things, you're not going to get proof. And what proof is, is getting those testimonials, getting those video testimonials um, uh no, you should have an onboarding process and you should have an offboarding process. And that offboarding process is you, if somebody's completed the course, they're not normally in the frame of mind. If they've got some value, they're very happy to have a offboarding chat with you on Zoom. And you should record that. And at the end of it, you should ask them, no, is it okay that you can give us some feedback about how you found the course? And that can be your video testimonials. Um, they're very important. That they're placed on your website, and they're utilised on utilised for social media because they're, you know, it's great talking about you. It's great talking about how great WP Tonic Hosting is. It's great. Kurt talks about his power course, which is fantastic. It's great that we talk. Um, it's much more powerful when other people say, "Well, WP Tonic's a great service and it's great hosting," and they go the extra mile for us. Or people 
that's gone through Kirk's power course say, well, it was just a, it was a change in the whole way that I saw about running our maintenance department and um, it really changed the outlook. It's much more powerful that other people say those things that we say it. What do you reckon, Kurt? Yeah, that third-party edification thing is gold. It is absolute gold. And whenever you can get that, um, it's it's worth everything. And, you know, ironically, it's one of the things I hate asking for. Yeah, like, I'm uh, used to this you, you know, You know, hey, well, I got you. Can, you know, can you have a couple of nice words you could say about blah, blah, blah. Um, but you got to do it and, and you got to capture it. And then you have to, you know, use it. You have to reuse it. Yeah, but that's why I think it's really good to have on board uh, off-boarding yeah. process. You don't see it. A lot of people don't do this, folks. Mm-mm. I'm not suggesting you should do it with your initial course. Well, maybe you should. Well, yeah, I've been. Yeah, yeah you, you should exactly. actually. I'm totally wrong. What was I thinking, Jonathan? Because um, that on board off-boarding, you're going to give you opportunity to get a lot of feedback about the next course. Uh, here's a little bit early for me, folks. But um, let's yeah. let's be fair with folks. It doesn't have to be a Zoom call with every user when they when they finish. What's a really good tactic for this is, for instance, if you're using Lifter LMS, you would just add a quiz to the last lesson, and that quiz would really be a survey. You know, what did you think of the course? A, B, C. You know, one, two, three, one through five, one through ten, whatever. Ask a couple of scaled questions, and then if they score really high. You know, if they give you a nine or a 10 out of 10, that's when you send them the personal email that says, hey, thank you so much for your positive survey results. You know, would you be up for a quick Zoom call and a possible testimonial? And then, boom, you've got it. Yeah, great. Scalability. Um, well, that's why I'm saying, you know, everybody thinks I'm my first, which, like I say, back back to the same thing, should be a minimum viable course. Oh, it's going to be a huge success and blah, blah. Um, if you got into, you probably wouldn't cope with it anyway. You're probably, you're probably doing this and you've got a full-time job, which is the great thing of doing this, folks. It's a totally plausible to gradually build up a business that can be a real great second income. Or if you're in that mind, you might be getting close to retirement and this could be as, you know, a lot of people, they do not deal with retirement that well because they've got too much time on their hands. And this can be a great contribution. Or if you're really not liking what you're doing at the present moment, it's a legitimate way you can build up something to escape and um, have a different pathway. Um, but the idea, you've got to have a process that's scalable, I especially that. You know, if you're dealing with the lower ticket price courses, it's not quite such a problem. Um, if they're getting the outcome, if they're not, or if it's not well-structured course, you're going to get a load of support tickets, right? But when you get into the medium to higher price levels, which are more profitable, just be frank about it, folks, well, they should be, um, yeah. If you don't have processes on boarding and work out the flow, it won't be scalable. And you also work out what you're offering um, because 
you can't if you get a hundred people in your course and they're active, you can't offer them all one to one coaching as you, you it's not sustainable. Um what do you reckon about this, Kurt? It's it's you're you're all right on the money with all of that, Jonathan. It's um you've got to have a process you've got to and you'll grow that as you yeah dive into it right so you'll start to recognize things that you do on a repetitive basis and when you find yourself doing the same thing three times four times it's really worth the effort to you know write a note or write up a process or a procedure for what you're doing um you know down the road people say well kurt how did you grow your membership and learning you know agency well, I, have, I was full-time employed before, Jonathan, and but I don't know anything about baseball or football, right? So my time went into doing this, and, and now I do it full-time, and I love it. But it's over those years, I put everything to a process, and I actually created tutorials so that when I delegate or hire contractors to do stuff for me, I can instantly train them on what they need to do rather than like that, that hard part of training new employees all the time. You know, but it's because it's to a process and it's scalable, it works really well. Yeah. And the last thing, um, do not inflate your course outcome <laughs> claims. Um, this is a difficult one. Um, unfortunately, um, there is a group of people and there's some people that kind of join this um, and they inflate the app the outcomes enormously um and um it's a balance folks because obviously you've got to you've got to market you know why outcomes you know um in you, your communication has got to be clear and it will get better as you, as you re-look at it and you get the feedback from the students but on the other hand, don't take it too far. So it's ridiculous claims either. Uh, what do you reckon, Kurt? Uh, I make fun of these all the time, you know, and you can look at people that appear to be very high in the online training or event training uh, space. But when you really analyze their business model, their business model is land and expand. It, it's, always preparing the audience for the next purchase it's um i hate to say it but it's like the medical industry right the medical industry doesn't get rich by making people well it gets rich because they always find something else to sell them to keep them sick um it, it's like that with uh you know with, with that that level so you don't want to like jonathan says over promise the outcomes you want to be super realistic um you want to keep you want to build a sense of integrity and, um, you know, really good core messaging in your products and in your deliverables. And that's what will lead to that expansion. Well, I can really let people down, but then try to sell them the next thing for what you missed the first time that, that picks up. They, they, people sense that. Yeah. I think when it comes to the medical industry, I think the reality is the biggest, biggest problem in American society is obesity and overweight. And a, and a non-active lifestyle, you know, um, and the consequences through that, which is a multiple facet, you know, it's diet, it's exercise. You know, I'm noticing Americans, and unfortunately British society has gone the same way, is there's a vast group of people that 
don't don't monitor the diet and don't do a reasonable amount of exercise. And then you have these, I call them the California lot, that kind of run 20 miles a day and uh, uh, stick insects and they can they do marathons and, you know, they're super fit, you know, uh, where, um, and the consequences of this, folks, is you've got a population that gets diabetes and, when you go down the road of type 2 diabetes, it's a very dark road and it leads to a lot of medical. And then, so I'm going off for a bit, but, you know, it's a balance. You know, you know, drugs do work. They normally have, if they do work, they're going to have side effects. So you don't want to be on them. But what's happening, folks, is a lot of drugs become... And sometimes you do have to take drugs for because you have a, a condition, but it's preferable that a lot of drugs now are utilised to mask a lifestyle problem, um, the consequences of poor diet and no exercise. Um, so that's my preaching finished. Uh, um, right. <laughs> uh, Sorry about that, listeners of yours. Uh, uh, we're going to go for a break. And in the second half, we're going to be talking about some of the platforms that that can enable you to do the things that we've outlined in the first part of the show, which I've enjoyed and hopefully you got some benefit from. We will be back in a few moments, folks. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to lifterlms.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code podcast 20 that's podcast two zero enjoy the rest of your show we're coming back folks we've had a feast about the things you got to know and the voice we're given i think kurt did a great job i think i just waffled myself uh, i think it was a john maxwell book a verbal one uh, um, um, he's not saying anything. Uh, I'll give you every opportunity. I, do. I am um, enjoying this quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out, we've got a Facebook group, the WP Tonic and the Membership Machine Show Facebook group. Do um, have a look. It'll be in the show notes on the website as well. Um, why don't you join it? It's a mixture of WordPress people and people trying to build a membership website. Um, we'd love for you to join us on there. Um, on to the second part of the show. Uh, so platform SaaS or, or WordPress. Let's start off. Um, let's start off with Kajabi. Um, like I say, Kajabi is one of the main players in the SaaS offering. You know, SaaS. Um, it's all integrated in one um, Swiss Army knife. Um, I think if you're looking, if you're committed to the SaaS um, solution, I think you could do a lot worse than Kajabi. Um, I wouldn't say the interface is that as simple as their 
marketing says, but it depends on how much experience you have connected to um, online marketing um, cloud-based platforms you are. Um, and um, it has its limitations uh, limitations about how you can build out your website, limitations about the email uh, marketing you can do. But it's a it's a what it's a, a Swiss Army knife solutions and all those type of solutions. You're doing a deal with the devil because to make it reasonably usable for the beginner, for the person on the journey, it it can't yeah needs to have some restrictions that will make it usable. Is this making sense? And do you think I've been fair about what I've just said? I think you're being more than fair where Kajabi is concerned. Um, it is the elephant in the room from a SaaS perspective. It's one of the most popular. I've got a lot of peers that use Kajabi. And so I've had some um, firsthand experience with working at the back end of it. And I'll probably be a little more critical than you, Jonathan. It's not a what you see is what you get interface. It's not horribly intuitive. And there's a learning curve to it. Um, you know, it's, it's like those Squarespace ads that talk about, you know, got a business kapow, you've got a business online. And it's like, no, it's not that easy. Everything has a learning curve. Um, I will say that the tools they include are fairly comprehensive. So you don't have to go and plug this, plug that, plug the other, everything's kind of right there, but it's not a, what you see is what you get kind of thing on the back end. However, to clarify, I think the front end product is is pretty attractive. I think the website that you create through them and, and the and and what you offer your students is enjoyable. But I, I think the back end is a is a little clumsy and hard to navigate and figure out sometimes. Yeah, I think that's right. I think but I think it's a it's off the SaaS platforms, it's definitely yep. it's definitely the uh gorilla. Um um yeah, it starts off, um, these are the monthly prices, folks. starts at 149 then 199 and 399 Um And it does provide, like, email, and it does provide um, video hosting. There are, there are limit, limits, but there are limits on all the plans that we're going to be discussing, all the solutions, that would be a better term. Um and you do have to look at the solutions, um, their limits. Um, On to the thing that we champion um, at WP Tonic, which is WordPress. Um, like, and there's WordPress, there's the WordPress hosting that we provide at WP Tonic. And it, we set the hosting and we we white glove on board you and we're there in the background um, and we're helpful, but we provide the hosting and then we provide what the leading plugins, which we see as Lego, the key Lego bricks that enable you to build this. And plus the email. And basically we set everything up. So you get the equivalent of Kajabi to some extent. Um, at a much cheaper price, but the main Lego brick is Lifter LMS, which is a great learning management system, and it offers an enormous amount of functionality in a really quite attractive interface. Um, 
and we provide their top package so you get everything that Lifter. And if you're starting on this journey, I, I think Lifter offers the least friction-free ability to get that initial minimum viable course up and then to actually build your website and um, have, you know, the homepage, the About Us, and also help you um, build all the additional pages. We use Cadence WP, which is a lot, which is based on Gutenberg technology, which enables you to really build a website really quickly. We provide uh, a custom library of starter themes based on Cadence, and it's super quick. And um, I think to get the site looking um, the way you want, utilising one of our starter Cadent themes is super easy. I've been doing a few websites just to get me up to speed with everything and loved it. And then one of our other main Lego blocks is Fluent CRM that enables you to do the email marketing, the marketing automation. And it's, in my opinion, more powerful than something like Active Campaign, which Active Campaign is seen as the gold standard in email marketing and marketing automation. And we all offer that in one very attractive price. What do you reckon, Kurt? Well, I, I reckon you covered most of it, except for the idea that makes it so much better than Kajabi from the perspective that it's completely customizable. Um, you know, we give people a great platform to get started on with the starter templates and you want something up in a couple of days and you want to change out your text and images and have a, a minimal viable product to put out. You can do that. Um, but with WordPress, you get that incredible flexibility where let's say a year down the road, you know, you've done the proof, you've done the scaling, you've done the, the stuff we discussed in the first half of the show. And now you want to hold live events. Well, you can put an event tool into your site. If you want to schedule live meetings, you know, we've got tools we can put in there so you can schedule live meetings. Um, you can integrate with, um, you know, streaming video tools. There's um, the idea that it's not limited in its capability is what I find so attractive. And of course, the cost entry point. Yeah, I think you put it because there's nothing worse, folks, that being on a cloud hosting platform and you're into your second course or you're starting your third course and you've got all this feedback student and there's some functionality something you need that will that's that you know your students are really looking for and you you can't do it on on the SAS hosted platform they're not going to provide it and you're stuck and then you've got to move all your courses somewhere else probably to WordPress. Um, that's, well, that's painful. The The worst ones that I see are the people that get in a hurry, Jonathan, and they don't migrate to WordPress. So what they do is they link to some other third-party platform, whether that be, you know, a circle, Mighty Networks or whatever, right? So they, they'll link to something else. And now they've got this weird fragmented Frankenstein thing where they're sending users to two or three different properties. And they, they lose the experience, they lose the relationship with their users, and the whole thing begins to crash in on itself like a house of cards. Yeah. Um, and also you, you get digital ownership 
um, digital sovereignty, as I like to put it. You know, it's, you know, um, I think being able to do the design and whatever you need and have have it future-proof are the main benefits, but also digital sovereignty and, and having the much ownership of something you spent a lot of time and effort building is another benefit. On to um, <clears throat> another FAS competitor, which I think is one of the main competitors to Kajabi. But they have recently changed their pricing structure, which makes them a lot less attractive, in my opinion, in some ways. And that's, po- I always pronounce it incorrectly, Poda. Poda? How do you oh, pronounce it? Yeah. Podia. Yeah. Um, it, um, great people um, do a lot of online marketing, really good um, at it as well. And it was always a, their offering was very similar to Kajabi. It was a little bit more, less feature rich, more, but it was a bit simpler to get up and running, but it was a bit more limited. Or you had to, if you were looking at certain functionality like video, um, like marketing automation, you had to add a third party solution to it. It wasn't such a broad Swiss Army knife solution, but it was simpler to set up than Kajabi, and they're great people, and it was good value. In some ways, they've lowered the pricing. Um, so I'm going to say to you, their starter starts at $9, and you think, oh, $9. But the problem is they've added, and I hate this, is they've added every um, transaction, which if you're doing it through Stripe, Stripe was going to want their 2.9 cut. Well, Podio now, if you start at the starter plan, they want that, they want 8% as well. Um, um I don't like that. And then the next one, which was 39, their mover. Um, so it's 39.5. Don't what the point five's about. Um, they want 5%. You've got to go up to their shaker, which is 89, before they don't want to cut. Um, I'm, I'm not a great supporter of this type of pricing. Uh, what's your own thoughts about this, Gert? I understand why they do it, and I understand why some people are attracted to it, but I don't like the model. I really don't. Um, I don't like restrictions. I, I really don't enjoy when you read the details and it says, you know, up to this many products, up to that many products. And it's like, well, what do products have to do with the hosting or bandwidth on my site? Because I don't know what the traffic is to it yet, you know? Um, just some of the things that they point out in their details are I think they're unnecessary restrictions that are a yellow flag to me that tell me I don't want to be there. Yeah. So on to another one, Teachable. Teachable's kind of big player. We've um it's a more cut down um I prefer if you're gonna go that route, I would either look at Kajabi. Um but Teachable that's they put the prices up quite a bit. Um, so it starts at fifty nine dollars, and they want they've got a five percent transaction fee, and then you've got to go up to Pro, which is one hundred and fifty nine for zero. 
transactions, and then they've got uh, a Pro Plus at two four nine. Got to be honest, if you're going to go down this route, I look at Kajabi myself rather than Teachable at these prices and that. What's your own views about that? I've recently had some Teachable people come over to WordPress. Um, and it was. They've seen the light. They've seen the light, have they? And, and it's been directly related to the price increases and the changes in what's offered. Um, originally, I think. Because, you know, it's, it's, if we look at the short history of, of e-learning as it's expanded from corporate use to more, more freelancer, more, more general usage, um, it was one of the originals. I mean, Teachable, the name's been around. It's been popular for a long time. And I think they finally said, oh, well, if Kajabi's going to charge this much, we can, you know, we can tweak our offer. But I think when they did that, they, they didn't have. Well, I think it was that. they were burning through that it was VC backed and they were burning through their. Burning through the money. Yeah, their runway, as it's called in the startup world. Well, I know that people haven't been happy with some of the recent changes, and I've, you know, I've thankfully seen some work from it. So that's great. On to the next one, Mighty Networks. I actually think Mighty Networks has become the main platform to, if you're looking at a SaaS platform, Mighty Networks or Kajabi, really. Mighty Networks, um, a lot of people look at the app. I think the app side of it is a total red herring from a lot of people until they get a mature course. I think a lot of people get fixated about the app side of it. I think a fully responsive modern website with some tweaks can meet most of your students' requirements if they're on a phone on your course. Um, um, so I think it's – but as um, the pricing – um, I think it's it is not as I don't think it's as a broad solution as a Swiss Army knife as mighty net, as Kajabi, but it's a mature platform. They've been around longer than actually Kajabi, but both have been around a while. Um, and they their pricing is thirty nine, a hundred nineteen, and then the pro is price on request. So that means they're going to enter your bank account. Uh, um, so uh, that's when they pop the pop the champagne bottle as you make the sales calls for the request for uh, the pro version. So that's that's enterprise level basically. Um, but for thirty nine bucks, um, but it has I think the page builder and some of the marketing tools in my opinion, aren't as good as Kajabi, but it's at, um, it starts off at a cheaper price and none of these transactional fees, they haven't gone down that route yet. What's, what's your own view on Mighty Networks? Similar to you, um, I do like the fact that they don't have the transaction fees and those kinds of things. Um, and I don't know if you've noticed this or if it's you know slapped you on the face the way it slapped me. Mark. Mighty Networks, their product, their forward-facing product to me, it looks and it feels and it operates like a Buddy Boss site. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, there's so many similarities to its structure, its appearance, its icons, its menu layout. Well, you, know, you just point. I was I'm sorry to interrupt, but you just pointed out something that I really needed. I, I've been lax. 
I apologise to the audience. I'm not doing too well this morning. I slept quite well last night. I don't know what it's about. I haven't had about. I haven't had my fifteen cups of coffee this morning. This is the problem. Uh, um, yes. Um, Kirk's just pointed out something. I didn't point out. You know, the problem, the thing is, the definite reason, unless you understand this, folks, why you shouldn't utilise mighty networks. Well. It is that it, it's set up to build a community that has all these features, and you can't. It's not worth delving into it if you're not going to do a community, and you definitely don't want to go down the community route until you've done your minimum viable course and you're well into your second course, and probably you shouldn't look at it until you're doing your third course or. You've got a big following out there anyway, but I'm not even sure you should do it then because running a community is great. But as a single entrepreneur, and this podcast is aimed at the entrepreneur or couple or small team, running a big community on your own is a full-time job, folks. Plus developing your courses dealing with the business administration and also being the main administrator of a, a reasonably large community. It's a full-time job, in my opinion. It's a full-time job plus half of somebody else. Uh, um, what do you reckon, Kurt? I agree. Um, and, and I know that we offer Buddy Boss as part of the WP Tonic platform. Yeah, we I love, love it. folks at Buddy Boss. I use Buddy Boss on some of my projects. Um, but when I consult with clients or when I'm talking to new folks, I'm very clear that you want to have your minimal viable product, your proof of concept done, and you want to be growing an active audience before you integrate social. Social is one of those tools that could be a great announcement down the road of, hey, we've added a new feature, blah, blah, blah. It's a, it's a great newsletter. It's a great PR cast, you know, after you've grown an audience. But if you launch the social too early, it can just become this dead weight that sits on your website and and just doesn't have a life. Doesn't and if, don't get me wrong, folks. Building community at the right stage is a great way of yeah. adding value and community and having evangelists that really talk about it. It has enormous benefits. Don't, don't get me wrong, folks. But at the right stage, folks. But the great beauty of Lifter LMS is they've got a great add-on, which we provide because we provide the infinity bundle on all plans um and that's so what's it what's it called again I always forget the social learning it's a great middle road i think oh it's fantastic i use it all the time yeah it's a great middle road because people tend to underestimate the time it's the time factor folks you also if you get a few people Buddy Boss is fantastic, folks, and so is Mighty Networks. They're, I think, um, but it's a time suck. Um, you've got to be at the right stage, so that time commitment is worth the investment, basically, in my opinion. But you might have different. So, Simplero, this came on my radar. Um, done a review on it recently um on the blog section of the wp tonic website and you want to go there just for the blog section to say we publish a ton of content on the wp vid and you want to join the wp tonic 
um, YouTube channel um, because we have a load of educational material on there um, that's all free, folks, and plus the blog is totally free, free as well. But um, Simplero came on my... It... I haven't used it in anger. And I haven't. Um, they don't have a free account. I think they provide a fourteen day. I should yeah. give it a spin, maybe. But um, starts at seventy. The starter starts at seventy dot eighty. I don't know what the eighty is about. And then the skill is one hundred seventy eight dot eighty, and skyrocket is two nine eight dot eighty. So their first two. Um, their first plan is a bit cheaper than Kajabi um, and a little bit cheaper the second plan, not a much, um, but it's more the starter plan at 70 dot. Um, thing to offer a lot of what Kajabi, some people said it, um, the web builder and just the back end is simpler to use than Kajabi. I haven't tried it yet i'm just going by other people's reviews and the study that i did um that's about it what you got any knowledge about it because it came on my radar a couple of months ago basically there's two things about simplero that jumped off the page for me one was um they seem to push their ai tool their ai capability through their pricing structure so I'm not sure how much AI or what that tool is actually doing. Um, the other thing, and, and I'm just going to point, got to remember, I have a corporate training background, and this used to drive me nuts at the corporate level. The idea that the pricing would change based on active users. Yeah. Um, I hate that pricing structure because yeah. you're punishing somebody for their own success. Um, if we look at a WordPress example, um, you know, you get the hosting, you get the tool. So whether it's a CRM tool or a learning tool or a membership tool, you bought the tool and you can put as many people in there as you want. The only change that's going to happen is maybe you need to extend your hosting because you increase your bandwidth. Or if you're sending a lot of emails, you might have to have the next package in SendGrid or Elastic Email or whatever it is that's sending your emails at your email server. But it's not like a licensed user per user paying every month for the privilege of, of hosting the, those user numbers. Um, so when I see that at the bottom of their pricing page, it's an instant turnoff for me. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you there. Well, we come to the end of the road here, folks. Um, hopefully you got some value from this. I think it's been a quite a well-structured episode. Um, I've waffled on a little bit in the first half, but not too much. But if you've been listening to the shows, and we're doing quite well with our listener um, levels. Um, and I get when people, um, you can go to the WP Tonic website and book a consultation free with me. And when I do these discussions with people, people have been mentioning the podcast and saying they've been enjoying um, the guests and the regular the regular people like Kurt that has been helping me on the show. Um, I mean, getting a lot of good feedback, and you can book those consultations totally free with me, and we can discuss what's the best solution for you in the work in the world of WordPress. Um, and I just think it's been a great show. So, Kurt, 
Um, what's the best way for people to find out more about you? And I also think you've got to talk about a little bit about your LinkedIn course. Kirk really is a power user of LinkedIn and he's very, very active on LinkedIn and he's done a course and he's given me some um, personal consultation has been helping me with my own um, LinkedIn outreach, which I've upped a lot more recently. So you got this course as well. So what's the best way generally to get hold of you, Kurt? And what and what's the best way people can find out more about your LinkedIn course? The LinkedIn course I put into my website, KurtVonAnen.com. So that that's in there at KurtVonAnen.com. Um, and the reason, Jonathan, that, that LinkedIn has really attracted me the way that it has is I was an early adopter of lots of social media platforms. You know, I was, I was big on MySpace back in the day. Um, but LinkedIn to me seems to have the biggest, I hate to say ROI or return, but it has the most solid relationships in a B2B marketplace that I, that I'd be able to create on any platform. So while I might only have 10,000 connections on LinkedIn, I've had 4,000 one-on-one conversations with people that are on my list. And that's something that doesn't happen in Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, right? So, so I'm able to, I'm able to physically connect with more people in my network and that lends to more networking, more communication and more opportunity. So LinkedIn to me has been a really good key that way. And that's why I created that course. I wanted other people to experience it the way that I have. Um, to reach me, the best way to reach me is that LinkedIn. I'm the only Kurt Von Onen on LinkedIn. So when you find Kurt Von Onen there, you know, you got me, um, hit the connection link and then we'll talk in the messenger side of LinkedIn, uh, for business. I'm on manana nomas. So manana nomas, the website and manana nomas, the podcast. That's fantastic. And next week, um, I've got um, another great guest who's a regular. I've um, got Haroon coming back, and we're going to be discussing everything around marketplaces and how you can build a marketplace with a uh, membership element on WordPress. And we'll be talking about all the options about that. Should be another fab show. Um, we will be back next week, folks. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Membership Machine Show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and leave a rating to support the show. Until next time.